do believe that there is this power, this dynamic that rests inside of all of us to break through, to overcome challenges and barriers that we might face in life that get in the way of us fulfilling, actualizing our potential and our purpose. Welcome to the Leadership Download Podcast. On today's episode, we're going to be interviewing Jeff Smith, who wrote a book a couple years ago, Breakthrough is in You, Conquer Five Fears That Keep You From Advancing. So we're going to be talking to Jeff Smith about the the heart behind the book and some of the things that he touches on through the book Breakthrough is in You. You know, what enables a person to be overcome obstacles and achieve the extraordinary? So to tell you a little bit about who Jeff Smith is, Jeff Scott Smith is the lead pastor of Strong Tower Church in Fredericksburg, Virginia. Also, he is a consultant. He's a certified executive coach through the world-renowned uh, Hudson Institute of Coaching. And you're going to enjoy learning more about Jeff Smith and his insights on this book. So really hope you enjoy this podcast interview with Jeff Smith. And at the end of the podcast, you'll find out more about how you can connect with Jeff Smith, follow him on social media, and also get a copy of this book. Hope you enjoy the podcast interview. Well, hello, Cameron and Travis. Good to be with you here today. Thank you for the opportunity, not only to be with you, but to uh, also speak to uh, those that you have influenced and those that you uh, continue to add value to. Um, just a little bit about myself, I live here in Fredericksburg, Virginia, which is just south of Washington, D.C. and north of Richmond. So smack dab in the middle for those of you that are familiar with the 95 corridor and originally from Toledo, Ohio, and uh, moved here to the Virginia area back in 2012. Uh, been married now for 31 years uh, to my college sweetheart. We met there at Bowling Green State University and uh, we have three children two girls and a boy. So the girls are now, I guess, 28 and 26. Man, I'm stuttering even saying those ages. <laughs> and our son is, is now 19. So three kids are all doing well and proud of them. And a um, couple of things that I'm passionate about. One, I pastor a local church, Strong Tower Church, right here in Fredericksburg, Virginia, growing, thriving congregation and uh, enjoy seeing people from every walk of life from all over uh, the greater Fredericksburg area and even outside of that area and uh, enjoy pastoring and leading the congregation and doing great things for the kingdom of God. As well as I'm very passionate about uh, personal growth and development, uh, seeing people optimize their life and flourish in life. And uh, a few ways that I do that is not only through pastoring, but through coaching and consulting. Uh, I'm on the faculty for a couple of coaching organizations, one Dream Releaser Coaching uh, out of Atlanta with doctors uh, Sam and Brenda Chan, and then also Hudson Institute of Coaching there in Santa Barbara, California. Uh, I serve on the faculty there also. I uh, love doing that work, do quite a bit of work with both of those organizations, as well as my own coaching practice and do some consulting work also. So that's a little bit about uh, my background and what keeps me occupied. Uh, for just uh, recreation, I love golf. I'm not the best golfer, but I put my best effort <laughs> at it. I, I love golf <laughs> and I love smooth jazz. I, I, I'm a jazz guy. So 
smooth jazz, going to concerts and hanging out uh, with the wife uh, in a live music setting brings me a lot of joy. So, Jeff, you wrote a book, uh, I guess, a couple of years ago now called The Breakthrough is in You. What's the heart of this book and what drove you to kind of writing this book on this message? Yeah, just looking at the lives of individuals that have succeeded versus those that have not maximized or tapped into their full potential. And as I look at individuals that have broken through barriers, overcome obstacles, achieved and accomplished great things, I saw that there was a common denominator in them that they had this dynamic called breakthrough that allowed them to excel and allowed them to be extraordinary. And I really do believe, uh, Travis, that this dynamic is in everyone. The potential is there. For some, it is active. For others, it might be dormant. But I do believe that there is this power, this dynamic that rests inside of all of us to break through, to overcome challenges and barriers that we might face in life that get in the way of us fulfilling, actualizing our potential and our purpose. And as I began thinking about that, I, I began to identify five, I think, fears that many times show up as these roadblocks. I talk in the book a little bit about the fear of going first. I talk about the fear of the unknown. I talk about the fear of failure. I talk about the fear of investment. And I talk about the fear of opposition. And I find that individuals many times will run up against one or more of these fears and if we don't navigate, if we don't address and face these fears, it ends up being a hindrance and really a place where we get stuck in our progress in life. Well, that's awesome. Um, you mentioned uh, the five fears, and one of the fears is the fear of the unknown. And this is something that um, one of the fears that I still go through to this day is fear of the unknown, where you almost limit yourself because there's so much uncertainty and unknown. And you talked a lot about, you bring a lot of practical points in this chapter of with the fear of the unknown. So can you unpack this a little bit for our listeners? Yeah. You know, the fear of, of the unknown, I think, is one that's, gosh, very prevalent. Because I think the way that we're wired is we're wired for certainty, right? We want all the blanks filled in. We, we want all the sentences completed. Uh, we, we want a guarantee on how things are going to happen, when they're going to happen, who it's going to happen with. We, we want, we're geared for certainty. And because we're geared for certainty, when we come into situations where there is uncertainty, as you mentioned, Cameron, it can cause us to kind of freeze in our forward motion and advancement towards our goal and towards our purpose. And I want to suggest that perhaps one of the things that we can do to overcome this, this natural inclination for certainty that keeps us from venturing into the unknown is to really look for clarity. I think if we pause and we look for clarity, that can help us in moving past our uncertainty and get over the fear of the unknown. Uh, let me maybe elaborate on that just a little bit. I think when an individual is facing uncertainty, instead of them trying to fill in the blanks, which most times, as we all know, <laughs> the answers never come until you take your step, until you jump out mm -hmm. of the boat, I think you, you search for clarity. 
here's some areas that I would I would suggest that one think about. Be clear on who you are, on your identity. Sometimes just getting clarity on who am I, my strengths, my weaknesses, getting clarity on who I am as an individual empowers me to face the unknown and the uncertainty better. Clarity on purpose. What, what is the purpose of my life? What it is, it, is it that I hope to achieve, to accomplish? What is the mark that I want to make in the world? What do I want to be remembered by? Sometimes getting clarity on purpose enables us to face uncertainty and the unknown much more effectively. Getting, getting clarity on my vision. What, what is the life that I want to live? What do I want my world to look like? What do I want the world that I'm able to influence and impact look like? Getting clarity on identity, purpose, and vision. I think Cameron and Travis helps us to face the unknown much more courageously rather than just searching for filling in the blanks. And so in the book, I talk about, first of all, an individual needs to get clear on, man, when I sense the fear of the unknown, when does that typically show up for me? How well am I at just owning the fact that I'm afraid in this moment? This is what I found to be true. You cannot defeat what you continually deny. And so if we deny that we're afraid, deny that we are uh, somewhat uh, fearful of something, it's impossible for us to address it. And if we don't address it, we certainly can't attack it. And if we can't attack it, we can't get victory over it. I, I think along with that is not only identifying when this fear shows up, but what is it about the fear that really makes me uncomfortable? I talk about in the book, for example, you might have an individual that uh, the fear of the unknown is leaving a relationship that is dysfunctional or toxic. You've grown accustomed to and very familiar with and really comfortable with this relationship. The fear of the unknown is leaving that relationship, but what is it about that relationship no longer being in your life that you're really afraid of? Perhaps the fear really is being alone. I don't know what my life will be like being by myself. How will I navigate? What will I do? Maybe I feel insecure. Maybe I feel unprotected. The fear really is not in leaving the person. The fear really is in being alone. So sometimes you have to really identify, number one, when does this fear show up? Number two, you got to un understand what is it about the fear that makes me uncomfortable? And I think the third thing is to get an objective look about it. Right, Because many times when we are addressing a fear, we're looking at it from our perspective and our perspective only. <laughs> and so we can get kind of myopic or narrow-minded about it. But I have found even in my life that many times if I talk to someone else who perhaps dealt with the same thing, faced the same fear, encountered the same challenge, I see a different perspective, a different vantage point, and things don't look so bleak and dismal as what I've painted the picture to be in my own mind. So sometimes getting an objective view. And I think finally, I would say the greatest antidote many times to fear is taking action. The fear grows in inactivity. But if you just take that step, if you just make that move, if you just pick up the phone and make that call. If you just go ahead and shoot that email, if you just go up 
and show up for that interview. If you just go and apply for that job, taking action many times is the greatest antidote to fear. Those are a few thoughts I think that will be helpful in addressing the fear of the unknown. One, one of the things I love about this book is because, you know, you you take people through the coaching process. If you if you answer the questions and you walk through this, it's almost as if you were sitting with a with a coach uh, and, and walking through that. And I know that's what you spend a, a lot of your time doing, uh, coaching, coaching people. And when it comes to this idea of the unknown, um, what is one of the major like hangups? So where's that? Where's that point where people seem to be stuck the most when it comes yeah. to the unknown? Yeah, I think many times it is that sense of uncertainty. And then I think a lot of times <clears throat> it's kind of tied into another fear. Fear of the unknown many times leads to the fear of failure, right? Because a lot of times with the fear of the unknown, I I'm afraid that I'm going to fail. I'm afraid that I'm going to lose. I'm afraid that it's not going to go right. I'm, I'm afraid I'm going to be embarrassed. And all of that's tied to the sense that failure is looming out there and people get stuck on that. I think a good reframe on that, Travis, is failure does not have to be final. Mm. Failure is a stepping stone to success. Failure is not an identity. Failure is an incident. It's an episode. And I think sometimes the fear of the unknown, people are afraid of failing. People are afraid of falling flat on their face. People are afraid. And so what happens is we need to reframe failure that, hey, even if I do fail, I need to make failure my friend and not my foe. How do I make failure my friend and not my foe? I begin to look at not my losses, but my lessons. And so failure is not a loss. Failure is an opportunity to learn. There's a lesson in the failure. And I think if we begin to reframe it many times that way, it helps to kind of change that inertia and get us unstuck and perhaps propel us to go ahead and venture into the unknown, not looking at failure as something as final, but rather a stepping stone into my success. Yeah, I think what happens with failure, and I still experience this too, and is when people hit that wall of failure and they go out and try something, and I think they get stuck in staying in that failure. They make that failure their identity. They make it seem like, how are they going to move on? They feel discouraged, like, this is not going to work. How do I press forward? And that's really, I think, a lot of difficulty when people face failure, especially when they're going into, into that unknown or going first at something. And so how do people, like, move on and get out of that funk, I would say, from failure, where you feel discouraged, you don't feel like moving on or you just want to play it safe? Yeah, I think, uh, Cameron, it, it, it starts with reframing the way that we look at failure. Mm. So say you do fall flat on your face. 
say you do fail. Um, the reality is you're still here. Uh, the reality is you still have opportunities available to you. Mm. Uh, the reality is, man, there's some lessons I've learned on maybe what not to do, how I could have done it better, who I should have maybe consulted with, maybe who I should not have <laughs> consulted with. Mm -hmm. So I think when we start looking at how do we get up, up, how do we get back up after falling flat on our face, I think we begin to take a real assessment of where we're at and not allow the doom and gloom monsters to create the narrative. We gotta, we gotta create the narrative. And sometimes mm -hmm. I think the doom and gloom monsters get in there and they create the narrative. Look at you, you failed. You're never gonna amount to anything. I told you you couldn't do it. I told you you're not enough. I told mm -hmm. you you don't have what it takes. You, you, you're, you're just stuck in this position. Nobody coming from where you came from has ever succeeded in this. Nobody with your background. It's the doom and gloom monsters that are creating the narrative. I think what we gotta do is say, you know what? I'm no longer going to allow the doom and gloom monsters to create the narrative in my life. I'm gonna snatch the pen and I'm going to write the narrative that this failure was a opportunity for me to learn, an opportunity for me to grow, an opportunity for me to experiment. And you know what? I'm the better for it. I'm the bigger for it. I'm the wiser for it. And I'm gonna get back up and try again. I'm writing the narrative, not the doom and gloom monsters. Yeah, that's that's one thing that surprised me is um, early on in my leadership when I was thrown into areas that I was not prepared for, uh, when I made those mistakes and failed, you know, of course you feel discouraged. But then when you go and experience something similar, you're like you go back and wonder if I didn't go through that thing a couple of years ago, I would not be where I am today. And that just really surprised me about facing that fear of failure. 100%, 100%. And, and I think too, one of the things the doom and gloom monsters would tell you is that you're the only one that's ever failed at that. <laughs> and the reality is, as I observe successful people, high achievers, they make failure their friend. Matter of fact, they have a trail of failures that they can point to that enable them to get to where they are at. So um, I think many times, again, we allow a narrative or a story to be written that many times is just not true when it comes to failure and who we are even after we have failed. Some powerful stuff, but, you know, just kind of continuing on in the book, you, you continue on to talk about the, the fear of going first. And this is definitely one that uh, I would say, you know, I've started out a couple of businesses in the last year. And for me, I'm the first one in my family to venture outside the, the W2 world. And the fear of going first can be, uh, can be very hard because a lot of people around you don't understand you. They don't know why you're doing what you're doing. Um, you know, I'll, I, you write in the book, how does, how does this play a factor in your life? I'm just kind of curious to get to know you as a person, yeah. um, you know, go stepping into that unknown of going first. How's that played a factor in your own life? Yeah. 
Man, I so identify with that, uh, Travis, as you talk about being the first one in your family to venture outside of the W-2 world. For me, I was the first one to venture out into full-time ministry. So mm -hmm. kind of taking you back, I, early on in my life, I had aspirations for ministry. And I just had this conversation with God early on as a kid. God, if that's what you want me to do, open the door and I'll walk through it. Until then, I'm just going to pursue corporate life. And so I just went along that path. Graduated from high school, went on to college, majored in finance. After leaving uh, with my finance degree, worked at IBM for a while, left IBM and went into banking and had really great favor on my career at that time. I entered in as a management trainee, uh, left that program and being the first African-American in Northwest Ohio to be at a major banking institution in the trust department. Had a great time there, uh, was progressing, was advancing. And then that conversation that I had early on in life came back. <laughs> God opened up a door for me to leave corporate America and enter full-time ministry. Well, like you, Travis, when that opportunity arose and I started thinking and praying about that and pursuing that, family, friends, coworkers, mentors all started asking, are you sure this is what you wanna do? You sure this makes sense? Man, you've got so many open doors. Things are going well for you. Man, I think you may, might need to rethink that. You don't want to walk away from this position. You don't want to walk away from this opportunity. But yet in my heart of hearts, I knew this door that was opening to enter full-time ministry was the door that I needed to walk through. Here's the challenge. Again, like you, I didn't have anybody in my family that I could say, ask, okay, how did you do it? Mm -hmm. Didn't have a role model. Didn't have a blueprint didn't in many times, Travis, have the right answers to the questions they were asking me. <laughs> they were asking me, well, you know, what, what kind of um, guarantees that you have that that church is still going to be in existence, you know, five years down the road? How do you know that church is going to grow? How do you know they'll be able to maintain your salary? How do you know you're going to have opportunities for growth and advancement? How do you know? I mean, the questions would come and I didn't have all the answers. Mm -hmm. fear of going first, not having the role model, not having the blueprint. But you know, something in going first, you just have to have somewhat of a pioneering spirit. And you have to, again, have clarity on who you are, identity, clarity on your purpose, what you're called to do, clarity on vision, where it is that you want to go. And even though I didn't have certainty to fill in every blank, I was clear on those things. And the clarity that I had in those areas helped me to make that jump from corporate America into full-time ministry. And here I am now, next year will be 30 years in full-time ministry. I don't have any regrets. I'm thankful that I went ahead and made the move to go ahead and tackle the fear of going first. Yeah, going, going first is probably the, one of the most interesting experiences that you have to have a lot of faith when it comes to going first. And, um, and I, I think going first, like an experience that I had is um, I was with a company for like 10, 12 years. And then 
you know, you get really comfortable when you're in the same space for a while. And then, you know, when it's time to move on, uh, making that leap into something new and doing that is um, uncomfortable. But but going through that un, un, like that discomfort, um, once you get on the other side of that, it is amazing. You It's like something you never look back. You're like, I'm going in the direction that I should be. Um, but some listening here might be like, ah, stepping into something first is, is not my thing. I like staying in the comfort zone, playing it safe. I'm happy with what I'm doing now, even though it might not be in my purpose or calling, you know, I've, I've, I've got it made right now. Um, what's one piece of advice that you would give to, to someone that is, is wanting to step into something for the first time, but just doesn't have that that last just needs to take that first step to go into it. I think part of it's kind of what you started to unpack there, Cameron, that on the other side, you realize there's a whole new world. You realize, man, life is really good on the other side of me taking the risk and stepping out and going first. You know, in life, I think you have to always be cognizant of the fact that you're always paying a price one way or another, right? So what happens if we apply that to this scenario, there's a price that one pays in going first, mm. the discomfort, uh, the unfamiliar unfamiliarity. Um, there, there's a price to be paid for going first, a price to be paid for doing something that no one has done before. If we think about those that walked on the moon, there was a price for them to be the first ones to do that. If we think about Roger Bannister and him being the first one to run a mile under four minutes, there was a price paid for doing that. If we think about a Martin Luther King, I mean, the list goes on. There's a price for going first. And sometimes we can be over-focused on the price of going first that we don't factor in the price of not going first. <laughs> There's a price you pay for not stepping out. Yeah. There's a price you pay for staying in the boat. There's a price, Travis, you would have paid if you would have stayed in the W-2 world. Cameron, there's a price you would have paid if you didn't leave that job of 12 years. There's a price I would have paid if I would have stayed in banking and not gone into full ministry, full-time ministry. So I think sometimes we have to look at, you're always going to pay a price. Life exacts something from us at every juncture. And so nobody gets through life without paying a price. The good news is, is we have the choice and the ability to decide what price we're going to pay. And I would say to the individual, choose to pay the price for a bigger, brighter tomorrow. You already know what life is like now. You already know what this job is like. You already know what this relationship is like. You already know what this position is like. You already know what it is to live in this part of the country. You already know that. What you don't know is all the things that could happen if you just take the risk, the step, the jump to go first. 
to go into the unknown. So I would tell somebody, don't just focus on the price for going first, focus also on the price of not going first. That's powerful. You're never going to walk on the moon if you're not willing to take the risk. Never. I mean, I mean, and, and that's a, there's a fantastic movie called first man that goes around that whole story. And just the risk after risk after risk that got them to that point. I mean, there's a, there's, there's a huge payoff though, being able to say you're the first, you know, to be able to do something. It's, it's a exactly, huge Travis. I think about if you, if you never take the risk of going first, the best you'll ever be is second. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's as good as it gets for you. That's as high as it goes for you. If you never take the risk of going first, the best you'll ever be is somebody second. And I just believe that God has put more in us than playing second fiddle all of our life. There's an area that God wants you to go first. He wants you to be the breakthrough person. He wants you to be the pioneer. He wants you to be the trailblazer. Because when you do, so many else and so many others can come through after you. Throughout your throughout your book, you know, you talk about the different fears and all of us have different fears. And I imagine it's some fears people deal with differently. Maybe some fears are a non-factor. Um, which which fear would you say as, as a coach, as someone who's co- co- consistently working with different kinds of people, which fears do you say affect people the most? Yeah, great question. So in the book, we talk about the fear of unknown. We talked about that quite a bit. We talked about the fear of going first. We've talked about that. For those unfamiliar with the book, the fear of, of failure, we talked a little bit about that. We know what that's like. The other two are the fear of investment. The fear of investment says, I'm afraid that my efforts will not pay off. That if I invest the time, if I invest the work, if I invest the energy, if I invest the resources, that it's not really going to pay off. So it's better for me just to hold on to what I have. That's the fear of investment. The fear of opposition is, is the fear of being rejected. It's the fear of being told no. It's the fear of running up against some adversity. And we're all kind of familiar with that. But to answer your question, after looking at all of those fears, I kind of think, and it's interesting that the interview has gone this way, we spent quite a bit of time talking about the fear of the unknown. I think the fear of the unknown might be the most pervasive. Because with all of those, whether it's the fear of investment, the fear of failure, the fear of opposition, somehow that's tied back to the fear of, I just don't know how things are going to turn out. This is unfamiliar. This is uncharted. This is uncomfortable. So I think it goes back to the fear of unknown many times that many people just really struggle with. We like life, again, to be filled with certainty and with guarantees. But anybody that lives a life that is extraordinary, anybody that is an overachiever, anybody that's going to be a winner has got to, at some point, overcome the fear of the unknown. You know, one of the things that I, 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 this book really got me thinking about as I was reading through it, and I was actually reading through it again last night, was uh, as I was reading these, I was talking to one of my business mentors, and I was like, so I, I was reading him the fears, and I'm like, I don't see any of these fears in you. Mm. And he's like, and he's like, oh, and then I started reading, he's like, I got, that was definitely one, you know, oh, fear of the unknown, absolutely. 
and I and, and I've come out of that conversation thinking all these successful people you mentioned Martin Luther King Neil Armstrong we look at them and we assume hey they were fearless no they managed those fears mm. they learned how to get a, get around them and I think that's an important thing for our, our listeners to understand is that uh, these these great achievers dealt with these things the same way we do they navigated around them you know which is different than someone who does you know, 100%. This is huge. 100%. Nobody gets through life without having to deal with fear. You know, we celebrate courage and we applaud courage. But courage is only a reality if there is a fear present. You don't need courage <laughs> if you don't have to face <laughs> some kind of fear. Exactly. <laughs> right? So 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 when we when we look at people and we say, oh, how courageous they are and man, how bold a leader they are. And as you mentioned with your mentor, you're looking from your vantage point and you're seeing him kind of glide through life or soar through life or however you want to characterize that. A person never soars unless there is some adverse wind to propel them to higher heights. So you've got to deal with fear. And I think, again, the narrative, the lie that the doom and gloom monsters try to tell us is, look, you're afraid. And because you're afraid, you're less than. You're afraid. And because you're afraid, you're inadequate. You're insufficient. You're not enough. No. The fact that I'm afraid just means that I'm human. All of humanity deals with fear, faces fear. How one addresses it, how one faces it, or as you said, Travis, how one navigates it will determine whether or not I cause that fear to allow me to move forward or continues to push me back and push me under in life. Well, Jeff, I could, I could literally sit here all day and, and, and listen to you talk, honest to God. Uh, <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> We obviously have to let you go, but before we go, how can people connect with you? What is the best way to to kind of view content or what you're sharing these days? Um, yeah. How can people find out more? So uh, they can find me on social media, Jeff Scott Smith, Jeff Smith Leadership. Sorry, Jeff Smith Leadership is where they can find me on any of my uh, social media platforms, Jeff Smith Leadership. And then they can go to my website, uh, jeffscottsmith.com, jeffscottsmith.com. Uh, there you can go to my website and there'll be more information on coaching, consulting, and find out a little bit more about what I do and how I attempt to add value to the lives of others. So as we wrap up, we, we like to go through a lightning round of three fun, kind of different fun questions to kind of get to know you on a little bit deeper level. Sure. And that first, the first question we always like to ask is more of an academical question is what are you reading right now? Yeah. Oh, I'm reading a book, reading a couple books by Mac Lake. I like his content on leadership development. Um, one is leading leaders um, and the other is leading teams. So I'm kind of engrossed in that a little bit. Uh, I'm reading a prayer book uh, by um, Craig Hodges uh, for spiritual development. So I'm enjoying that. 
And then I'm reading a book uh, by John Maxwell, old book, um, been out for a while. I'm reading the book uh, Leader Shifts. And mm. in there, it talks about the 11 different shifts that he has made in his leadership journey. And man, I'm finding a lot of resonance uh, with the content in that book. So those are the few things that I'm I'm reading right now. I love leadership. Yeah. Dead or alive, who would you want to have lunch with? Wow. Dead or alive, who would I want to have lunch with? Great question. Great question. You know, I, I would like to have I'd lunch with Thurgood Marshall. Mm. Um, he's a pioneer. Um, he championed, of course, civil rights. Uh, came up in a time where it was not easy to do what he did. Uh, incredible legal mind. Um, his view on America would be interesting to hear. How he overcame adversity uh, personally as well as professionally would be intriguing to hear. Um, I mean, there's several people I could I name, but that name comes to mind in this moment anyway. Today, I would choose to have lunch with Thurgood Marshall. You ask me tomorrow, it might be somebody else. <laughs> somebody else. <laughs> and, and our final question is, what's a bucket list item that you have left for, for you? Yeah, I want to play golf either at St. Andrews or Pebble Beach. I still have got to get to those two wonderful historic golf courses. So, um, yeah, Pebble Beach right over there in California and St. Andrews right over there in England would like to play both of those courses. Awesome. Well, uh, Jeff, thank you so much for joining us today on the podcast. Uh, we look forward to uh, continuing to stay in contact and maybe have you back in the future again. I would love it. Thank you for the opportunity to be with you today. Hats off to both of you for the work that you're doing and for the impact that you're making on leaders. And uh, man, love to connect with you guys again. Let's be sure to keep the lines of communication open. Thank you, Jess. Thank you. Well, we thank you so much for tuning in to the Leadership Download Podcast. If you would like to connect with Jeff Smith and get a copy of the book, Breakthrough is in You, you can check out the link in the podcast description and you can follow him on social media as well and uh, definitely support him and get a copy of the book and the study guide you are going to enjoy the amazing content that he has to share and you could dive deeper in some of the topics that he discusses throughout this interview also if you want to find out about the work that we do um, the host of the leadership download podcast we have a leadership training and coaching company called TC Advisor Group. Now, if you're looking for any support on an individual level, team level, organization level, or just need some, want to learn more about a leadership development and training and how it could fit for you and wherever you work in, feel free to reach out to us. You can find out more at tcadvisorygroup.com. Feel free to book a discovery call with us. Just to find out more about us and the resources that we have to offer, you can find out more and book a discovery call with us at the link in the podcast description as well. And also, feel free to follow us on social media. We have various channels out there, one for the Leadership Download Podcast, and then we have one for TC Advisor Group. 
We're always posting some awesome, valuable content to help you in your leadership, wherever you are at in your leadership journey. Well, we thank you so much for your support. Feel free to give us feedback on the podcast. Send us an email, info at tcadvisorygroup.com. And also subscribe on whichever platform you're listening to so you'll get a notification when the next episode goes live. And feel free to check out some of our previous episodes on this podcast as well. And also, if you haven't heard, we also have another podcast that we do is the Executive Leadership Podcast. So if you're looking for a little bit more higher level leadership content and really focus executive uh, higher level leadership content, Feel free to give us a follow. Check out some of the episodes on the Executive Leadership Podcast. We thank you so much for all your support. Thank you for tuning in and hope we are able to add value with this podcast interview. And we will catch you on the next episode. Thank you.